This is Suno India Production. You can now listen to all our episodes on our Android and iPhone app. Download it now. हम ये अपॉर्चुनिटी मतलब ये मौका खोना ही नहीं चाहते थे कि हम देश के लिए सबसे बड़े जज्बात ऐसे ऐसे मौके किसी को मिलता नहीं है ये मेरी किस्मत मेरी टीम की किस्मत है जो हमें ये मौका मिला काम करने का और इस मौके को हम छोड़ नहीं सकते थे किसी भी के मिल I met Vakil Hasan a day after he along with his team of rat hole miners tirelessly worked to save the 41 workers trapped in Uttarkashi's Silkyara tunnel in November 2023 on 28th February this year Vakil Hasan once again made headlines when his house was raised by the Delhi Development Authority now while speaking to media after demolition he said this the bahut dukh ho raha sir ki mere sath मैं इस चीज़ को क्या कहूँ इस आप बेहतर तरीके से समझा सकते पूरा समाज समझ समझ सकता है कि मेरे साथ ये रवैये किस तरीके का सब मुझे समझ नहीं आ रहा है कि देश के लिए हमने इतना अच्छा काम किया मैं अपने मुंह से अपनी तारीफ नहीं करना चाहता और अच्छी भी नहीं लगती है लोग कहते हैं बहुत अच्छा काम किया और मुझे उस काम का सिला ये मिला कि मेरे घर पर मेरे छत पर जो मेरे सर पर जो छत थी टूटी फूटी वो भी मेरे से छीन ले गई वकील हसन आर्ग्यूड दैट दे वर नॉट गिवन एनी प्रायर नोटिस एज अपोज टू वॉट डी डी एज्लेम्ड The demolition drive conducted by the DDA resulted in the raising of several houses including Vakil Hasan's in northeast Delhi's Khajuri Khas area. The drive was part of an effort to clear illegal encroachments in the region according to DDA officials. Hi, I'm Sneha Richarya and this is the Suno India show. Demolition of Hasan's house was the most recent in the spate of evictions across the country in which many properties belonging to many Muslims were demolished. On January 30th the Delhi Development Authority raised the Akhunji Mosque and the Madrasa describing them as quote unquote illegal structures in Sanjay 1 which is a reserved forest area Last year in May 2023 similar scenes have played out in four working class neighborhoods largely slums over 3 months as the Municipal Corporation of Delhi run by Aam Aadmi Party and the union government run by the Bharatiya Janata Party implemented a quote unquote beautification plan to doll up Delhi as it prepared for G20 summit that was scheduled on 9th and 10th September 2023 now prior to this in February 2023 the Delhi Development Authority conducted a demolition drive in the Mehroli archaeological park area raising approximately 25 structures now despite established laws requiring prior notice before demolitions and rehabilitation plans at least 1600 homes were demolished and about 260000 were reportedly left homeless after four major demolitions over 3 months last year there have been questions over why the government disproportionately targeted working class people and other underprivileged neighborhoods what makes an illegal structure in a city our cities are fraught with illegal structures a small illegal loft in a residential colony an extended balcony an extended room so many of us have seen that everywhere in the city but what makes some illegal structures more illegal than others last year suno india's consulting editor menaka rao visited delhi's jahangirpuri to understand how the residents in jahangirpuri were coping with the demolition followed by a riot in april 2022 The civic authorities demolished several shop structures and a part of the masjid without giving any notice. She spoke to several shopkeepers and residents there. I am adding the episode link in the description. Now to understand the different facets of demolition, Menaka also spoke to Dr. Ghazala Jamil, 
from Jawaharlal Nehru University's Center for the Study of Law and Governance. Ghazala explained that the root of these problems is poor city planning, which does not take into consideration the need of poor people and migrant workers. If you look at the history of urban development in India, uh, because planning was in any case, you know, the dominant mode of any kind of development in India. We had five-year plans and similarly for urban development, we had, you know, city-specific plans. And every new plan came up because of those, you know, contingencies of not being able to meet earlier plans requirements. So in in terms of uh, electoral politics also, if you look at urban development, obviously it requires people to put in not only capital, but also labor is needed, right? So where would this labor come from, but from laboring people, human beings who need to also make a living and uh, dwell in the city. They have to make it livable as well. And there was no planning for cities to be made livable for large number of or large masses of population. And in any case, in India, population is always, you know, uh, held to be uh, one of the uh, problems. So in that sense, people were allowed to do whatever they could to make their lives livable. And that involved a, a, a lot of informality. And informality and illegality kind of, you know, were juxtaposed with each other because people, when people didn't have resources to buy uh, proper real estate or rent legally, then they would squat on various state properties or other kinds of spaces and make them habitable. And once those spaces acquired some kind of value, uh, which made it attractive for other, uh, you know, population groups or agencies, state agencies, then they would be evicted from those places. You know, the governments or municipalities would turn a blind eye to a lot of this illegality because it served them so they didn't have the resources to provide for the city dwellers in any case. And once they wanted whatever uh, resources these people had created for themselves, and especially, you know, uh, in terms of uh, uh, developed real estate, then, uh, you know, they would be evicted out of it. So that has been largely, that's why, you know, many urban planners an urban sociologist in India have written about this, that how illegality is one of the dominant modes of urban development in India. Uh, one of the stark examples that I uh, am familiar with is, uh, you know, the Yamuna Pushta. So between 91, uh, 1991 census and 2001 census, there was only one district in entire India where population had gone down, actually, decreased. And this was New Delhi, uh, you know, district. And what had happened was that Yamuna Pushta, which was one of the biggest slums in India and also in Asia, uh, you know, was completely demolished and everybody from uh, that area was uh, evicted. Uh, and some people were, uh, you know, relocated and rehabilitated in far-flung, uh, you know, areas, outskirts of the of the city. 
So, uh, and if you know the stretch that I'm talking about, it's actually then became, uh, you know, one of the very important bypasses for Ring Road. And then there were various other uh, uh, things that were developed in that part of the land. And it was actually riverbed. And what people had done was to actually start living in the riverbed in an area which was actually very uninhabitable. And of course, there's a long history of uh, reclaiming land from the river and pushing River Yamuna uh, further east uh, uh, and so on. So, of course, you know, there's a lot of environmental issues, etc. also in there. But uh, that was one of the largest uh, displacements slash evictions in uh, Delhi. Right. I mean, uh, do you want to give an example of, uh, I, I think even Jahangirpur, if I'm not mistaken, is sort of after uh, emergency, you know, a lot of people had to be rehabilitated and that's where they were brought. Right. So, I mean, uh, which was, which was, I'm guessing, the result of another set of bad planning. Yeah, so cities are largely made by migrants. And migrants, uh, you know, we tend to actually focus a lot on uh, lower class migrant people. But but even most of the middle classes uh, in the city are also migrant population. They're, they're probably in Delhi and I'm sure in many other cities uh, in India. Uh, actually, you know, families or uh, groups who can call them really native to that city are minuscule. But somehow there there is a class of migrant workers who are desirable and there's a class of migrant workers who are undesirable in the city. Nobody wants to give them or let them have a right to the city. Whereas middle class workers, you know, uh, uh, assume that uh, the, the right that our constitution gives us to travel freely in India, to settle down in any part of India, barring, you know, a few a few uh, regions, uh, and acquire property. So when you can uh, migrate to uh, cities and acquire property, that gives you a certain kind of citizenship, whereas people who do not have the wherewithal to, they, can, they have migrated for stressful reasons, and they don't have the resources to acquire property. So those are the classes of citizens, migrants, who are not uh, welcome, you know, welcome in courts in the city. Yeah, I think we, we kind of discriminate between uh, different types of migrants as well. Right, right. So, I mean, also, if we can understand what makes people live on this edge of reality, I mean, you know, legality as uh, by and large, I mean, obviously, it's because, you know, the, I mean, if they are coming from places like UP, Bihar, Jharkhand, etc., it's also because the state has not been able to employ them in any way or there is not enough uh, in their own hometowns to sort of support them, which is why they have to come to cities. The other thing that I also wanted to understand is that who is sort of, I mean, of course, in the same context that who is allowed to develop these kind of illegal structures. That's what you were saying, that, you know, it's it's all right for a middle class person to develop these illegal structures, but not so much uh, when, you know, it, it's about who also, right? I mean, who is allowed to do this? 
Right. So, so if you were to look at, you know, some of the prominent cases related to, uh, you know, builders, big uh, construction companies, builders, uh, or, you know, elite localities, for example, in Delhi, there's a very famous example of scenic farms. Uh, and so there are several localities in Delhi, which are being developed illegally by upper class or upper middle class people. The slash informality is the dominant mode of development in Indian cities. However, you know, when lower class people squat illegally on a site in, uh, in a city, that seems to uh, be something that is in everybody's eye. And in any case, you know, their entire existence in the city is supposed to be undesirable and therefore the tag of illegality attaches themselves to it. However, we don't pay attention to how even upper middle class or middle uh, upper class uh, uh, you know sections of the society also indulge in the same kind of uh, illegal informal development uh, which they are also able to assert more aggressively given that they have economic and as well as a certain kind of uh, social power. So if you look at the example of Senec Farms, for example, which has been very famous in uh, urban planning uh, literature in India, but I was just reminded of also uh, the issue of, you know, the super tech uh, twin towers, Noida. And uh, Supreme Court has been actually, uh, even though the case is quite clear, but just the just the act of demolition of towers, which they have already ruled that this is, you know, illegal, that it should be demolished. But it's been, I think, at least over a year uh, since they've been getting these uh, extensions uh, for dem the deadline for, de for demolition. So, uh, and if you were to see most such cases, uh, you will see that very rarely, I'm not saying that it never happens, but very rarely and uh, uh, does it happen that upper class people are actually removed from their illegal uh, development of various sites in the city. When we consider all this, so where does, I mean, you know, is it only a question of class then? Because, you know, like, how do we sort of look at these set of demolitions where there is both perhaps even a pretense of attacking others, I mean, you know, other structures, basically Hindu shops, etc. Or, you know, maybe other localities where there is, but, but you know, there is a huge sort of spectacle made out of demolishing Muslim, you know, neighborhoods or Muslim basically structures like, you know, a masjid, which is a very obvious thing. How do we sort of look at that demolition, which has been going on for a long, long time and it's a common sort of place thing in India and, you know, sort of understand this, the new phenomenon? I mean, I would say that there are, there are certain, uh, certain aspects of these demolitions are in a way continuity to uh, the kind of demolitions we have seen of poor people's dwellings in cities in India. So it is in continuation of that. But it is also slightly different. How it is in continuation of that is that, of course, it is 
largely uh, poorer Muslims who were being targeted. Uh, also, the fact that uh, you know that there is no due process, that no notices were given, people don't even know what you know what under what kind of uh, considerations does their the structures that their houses that they've built are uh, illegal. Uh, and in some cases, they're clearly not illegal. They they do have papers, and not only uh, papers which are you know. Uh, uh, for example, sometimes, you know, people pay certain kind of bills for services to the state agencies or certain other taxes, etc. But they may not have proper registration, uh, which uh, which proves ownership of that land, clear uh, ownership of that land. How it's different is that it's also that, you know, that within a neighborhood, there has been selective targeting of Muslim uh, houses or Muslim structures. Plus, in addition, what has happened is that some of the uh, uh, members of the ruling party, the Bharatiya Janata Party, have actually, in public discourse, in the kind of statements they have made to uh, media, including uh, the assembly elections that took place in uh, Uttar Pradesh, where this whole discourse was built that if Muslims do not behave in a certain manner, uh, then this is revenge for, uh, you know, that. So it's quite possible that in the ground reality is that uh, maybe some Hindus' properties were also uh, demolished and they, they were also impacted by these demolitions. But in terms of large-scale uh, uh, impact, it is targeted and in terms of the way it has been uh, projected by the government uh, and the ruling party and some of the municipalities, it was meant to be a lesson for Muslims and that's how it's different. I would say that middle class neighborhoods have been able to, for, for various complicated reasons, they have been able to uh, bargain politically with different parties as part of electoral process to leave them weak. And it is it is mostly the poor who are not able to, uh, you know, make a solid claim which is also accepted by the political class and the government and the municipalities. You know, the officially their claims are not recognized. So in that sense, I think even Muslims' experience has been consistent with uh, uh, larger reality. So, for example, if you see how Shaheen Bagh people were able to resist demolitions, uh, but Jahangirpuri uh, uh, wasn't able to do it. So, that's also partially because uh, one, you know, Shaheen Bagh uh, people were able to protest politically about it and they are, you know, comparatively well off uh, than uh, and the population that lives in Jangir. One of the ways in which poor people in the city have been able to resist their eviction until a certain point of time has been electoral politics. And the weakening of, you know, uh, your local representative, because what 
Bharatiya Janata Party also represents is this, uh, you know, uh, cult of one person where the MPs and MLAs, etc., they don't really count. And so what they want to do and what they are able to get for the people that they represent is also very limited because, you know, everything is determined centrally. So, and earlier, you know, in uh, pre-Narendra uh, Modi days, what used to also happen is that even in even in opposition, MP, MLA, corporator would have some power. The culture now is that if you're in opposition, you have absolutely no power to do anything about your constituency, you know. So, uh, MP Lads has been, uh, uh, you know, stopped and so on. That's just one example. But, but a lot of, you know, power has been usurped from uh, people's representatives at different level and concentrated in only very few hands. Yeah, so what, so the the upper class people, the richer people basically have economic power plus they have a certain kind of social political power. But the poor in the city also had certain political power or have. You know, how much of it can they exercise right now it can be debated. But, but uh, one of the reasons why this informal mode of development also worked is because the poor also had certain political power, which increasingly uh, is being taken away from them. And in any case, earlier also, demolition and, uh, you know, eviction was a symptom of lack of political power. So, if there is a slum illegally for years, decades, उसका उसका मतलब ये भी है कि वहाँ के जो residents हैं वो as political citizens they had some power to bargain for their continuation on on that side हाँ मतलब I got it yeah like in Bombay I mean I'm from Bombay तो अभी आ रहती हूँ मैं but it's very common कि मतलब कोई demolish हुआ नहीं हुआ slum politics is very strong मतलब उधर वहाँ पे तो दिल्ली में दिल्ली में जो है एक तो ये भी है ना कि बिकॉज़ दिल्ली का इन इन जो कैरेक्टर है वो बॉम्बे के इकोनॉमी के कैरेक्टर से बहुत डिफरेंट भी है वहाँ पे इंडस्ट्रियल वर्कर्स का जो मोबिलाइजेशन और उनका कंसोलिडेशन एक पॉइंट पे था बॉम्बे में इट इस गिवन बॉम्बे uh, uh, as an urban, uh, you know, development ka site, also a certain character. So, Delhi mein trade union movement jo hai, wo itna strong kaafi decades se nahi hai, ya na ke barabar hai. Aur vaise bhi planning process nahi saare uh, industrial jo production wala jo pura tha, usko to Delhi ke bahar phik diya. Kisti bhi tarah ki industrial activity ab nahi ho sati, thawis sector hi bacha. जहाँ इन एनी केस लेबर मूवमेंट जो है वो कमजोर है या नहीं है तो लेबर मूवमेंट और स्लम डेलर्स आर आल्सो बेसिकली ओवरलैपिंग इन मोस्ट ऑफ द केसेस तो व्हेन लेबर इज बिकमिंग मोर एंड मोर पावरलेस देयर होल्ड टू द सिटी विल आल्सो बिकम वीकर एंड वीकर बिकॉज़ आई आस्क्ड इन कि आपको 10 साल पहले कभी आया है नोटिस या ऐसा नहीं कि अभी आना है बट 
पहले कभी भी आपको किसी ने कुछ पूछा है ठेले वाले से बात की ही वॉज हिंदू ही ऑल्सो सेड कि यू नो वेन एवर वेन एवर देर वॉज अ वेरी बिग ग्राउंड आई वुड आई वुड टेक माई ठेला एंड रन देर वॉज क्लियरली सम सॉर्ट ऑफ एक्सेप्टेंस इन रनिंग दैट आई मीन फ्रॉम द एडमिनिस्ट्रेशन साइड टू बी एबल टू रन दैट प्लेस विदाउट इंटरफियरेंस right so i mean that's actually a very uh, astute observation because it reminds me that uh, what do we mean when we say that uh, informally or illegally log jo hai wo apna bas rahe hain apne liye jo bhi uh, unko resources chahiye uh, there's this whole you know new literature on making cities livable so well they are making this livable for themselves but why is it that what, what does it mean when we say कि आपने पहले तो कुछ नहीं किया उसका तो ऐसा नहीं है कि स्टेट को पता नहीं होता कि कहाँ पे इलीगल सेटलमेंट शुरू हो गया है या कहाँ पे इनफॉर्मल सेटलमेंट बढ़ता जा रहा है बढ़ता जा रहा है ऑब्वियसली उनको पता होता है और इस इसलिए भी पता होता है क्योंकि यू नो दे आई मीन इनफॉर्मली स्टेट एजेंसी के ऑफिशल जो है दे एक्सट्रैक्ट समथिंग आउट ऑफ दीज लोकेलिटीज तो चाहे वो पुलिस और म्यूनिसपैलिटी वाले जो ब्राइब्स लेते हैं रेगुलरली तो अगर कोई कहीं ठेला लगा के खड़ा है तो उनको बाकायदा रेगुलरली पैसा देना होता है और म्यूनिसपैलिटी का तो पूरा बहुत ही ऑर्गेनाइज तरीके से पैसा कलेक्ट होता है समबडी वर टू डू यू नो इन्वेस्टिगेटिव थिंग ऑन हाउ इट हैपन्स इट्स वेरी वेरी ऑर्गेनाइज सो एंड देन देर आर ऑल्सो यू नो लोकल माफिया एंड बाई माफिया आई मीन फॉर एग्जाम्पल कोई कुछ एक्सटॉर्शन वाला पूरा चलता है कि किसी का कुछ मकान बन रहा है आपने जाके उसके ऊपर कुछ बोल दिया कि ये लीगल स्ट्रक्चर है ये ऐसा है ये वैसा है उसका स्टे आ गया वहाँ पे या म्यूनिसपैलिटी ने उनको नोटिस भेज दिया उसके बाद फिर बाकी लोग उससे एक्सट्रैक्शन करते हैं तो बहुत बहुत सारा ये पूरा एक इंडस्ट्री है जो इनलीगैलिटी के ऊपर ही कंटेंजेंट uh, है उसकी वजह से वो चलता है तो सिर्फ सिर्फ नेगलेक्ट नहीं है ये कि ध्यान नहीं दे रहे हैं वो वो एक्टिवली उसको uh, बनाए रख रहे हैं उसी स्टेट में बिकॉज दैट्स हाउ इट यू नो दैट दैट्स ऑल्सो काइंड ऑफ सेगमेंट ऑफ द सिटीज इकोनॉमी यू नो 